Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, host of Boxcar Universe, along with my co-host Mel Alva. And here's what's coming up on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe. We're bringing you some great container home and pool information from Boxcar Universe University with our Mel and Steve on the Street segment, as well as our semi-annual mortgage update from our good friend and advisor, Jeff Cadillac from 4C Lending Group. All that and more on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe, your home for container sustainable lifestyle living. And Mel, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Just, you know, just ready. You know, we're two days ahead before the the big weekend here. And, you know, we're just trying to bring all this great information to all our listeners. We're going to be talking about Mel and Steve on the street. And we ran into a lot of different people this week. We've got some uh, commentary from them and some opinions we want to share with you regarding container homes and container home living, as well as we're going to be talking about a little bit about the history of container homes, because a lot of people have asked, well, like, where did this new fad, this new trend come from? And uh, we've got a little history to get you up to speed on that. Let's go to our segment Mel and Steve on the, you know, I make sure I say Mel and Steve because I, it flows better. <laughs> Ladies first. Ladies first. But uh, no, go ahead. Take it away, Mel. Mel and Steve on the street. Right? Mel and Steve on the street. It, it, it flows. Yeah. It flows. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, but uh, go ahead. Well, let's talk about um, some of the places that we've visited and some of the containers that we've got to explore and see and some of the things that are happening kind of around town without giving too much information away up front, Um, but quite interesting. And I know you've had some interesting stuff. Not only can these containers be homes, but they can also be pools. Yes. Yes. And restaurants. and. Coffee shops and uh, just know, pe- endless. People think of of ways to use these containers. Probably, and I it never ceases to amaze me what we could do. I was actually uh, at my church last night, and the Phoenix Police Department was there, and it, it, it was our Faith in Blue uh, Appreciation Night, and they brought all the different kinds of vehicles, a SWAT. SWAT truck and everything else and, and police units and, and also the there is a, which I didn't know, Phoenix Police Department has a dive team oh, wow. where they were actually policemen for underwater. So when, I guess when criminals go and jump, jump in water, even though this is the desert, they have a dive team to be able to go and uh, be part of their arsenal. But I found out that... Uh, they have a, a facility down in Central Phoenix that we're going to be talking to them about because they are thinking of using a container pool for their facility to train their divers. And if you've seen any kind of container pools online, 
there are all kinds of configurations. People, I, I mean, I told somebody um, this this morning, and I was telling them about container pools, and you know that the, what the first comment back to them what? was? Well, do they leak? No, of course <laughs> they made a pool that leaks. I mean, come on, let's wait. No, let's be. How, how about the people that say to us? Um, you can live in a container. Wouldn't that be really hot? <laughs> yeah, right. Says, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll put you in a container and not insulate it, yeah. not air conditioning it. Your house is insulated. Of course the container is going to yeah. be insulated. I, sometimes people have comments. They just don't think about them. Right. You know, and... Uh, you know, but check out, you'll be able to see a little bit about what I experienced in the people that I was uh, working with. Go to my Facebook page. My personal Facebook page has pictures and uh, some thank yous on there to the sergeants that I spoke to. But they were uh, just, they're such a blessing because I know they, especially in today's day where they're, they're getting hit with such bashing from, you know, the media and stuff that uh, sometimes they they don't get enough thanks. Wow, and that's yeah. what we tried to, to share with them, that they are in our prayers every day when they go out and they protect us on the street. But they have logistical needs as well. And this, Mel and I are going to be going down and visiting them and checking to see exactly what the facility looks like and where this container pool could go. And uh, we're going to help them make, make sure that they get it because it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty interesting. You can cut out either the sides or the the fronts of them and have the glass exposed so you can see in the mass yeah. pool, you know. I mean, that's just yeah. great. We see, you know, we were talking, I was talking to them last night and I said, you know, if you've seen that, those containers online, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I've seen the big ones where they cut out the whole side almost. Right. And it's all glass and you could see everything. He said, Steve, we don't need that much glass. <laughs> he said, all you need to do, all we need to do is cut out the, the short end, the side opposite the container doors okay. and make that all glass and we'll be able to, we'll be able to, to be fine. I'm like, okay. So, That's so, so you want a custom one? So he said, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay. That's going to be fun. I like that. You know, and being, again, as we always try and do with the show, we try and give back to the community and it just so happens you know, um, the sergeant from the SWAT team was sharing information about, you know, the the vehicle that they had there and what they use it for and this and that. And I felt they are urged to share with him what we're doing here on Boxcar Universe and how we're trying to help the community in the way of using container homes. And when I mentioned container homes, his eyes lit up and he said, you have to talk to the sergeant from the dive team because they are looking to do a, pool, a container pool at their facility. So we had really had a great conversation, and I look forward to uh, you meeting him and seeing the facility and seeing exactly what they do. And I'd like to – I want to meet some of the divers. Yeah. I want to know – I want to hear some of their comments too, especially when you talk about their, their police work mm-hmm. underwater. You don't see that on television at all. I mean, I can't remember seeing a show that had – policemen there was a dive team that they worked underwater especially talking about somebody in here in the desert is yeah. is pretty amazing yeah i yeah. i thought it would just be like search and rescue or something you know they may you know they, who knows what these criminals do i mean there are so many people that just go out and do things that they think they're not, they're going to get caught and or they're not going to get caught and but yet you know as luck would have it they get caught because they and they need and like he expressed to me was that 
you know, there's, there's a, a sore need for rehabilitation. And I, and I said to him, I said, you know, there's a, that's a delicate balance between re- rehabilitation and having someone pay their debt to society f- from them doing something that was criminal. Right. And it, it's, a, it's a tough line to follow. But to see what they do and how they do it, and, and uh, it's like a family, and they watch out for each other. And that's what makes them special. That's so I, it was really a great experience. But we also spoke to uh, a few other people regarding we had a chance to go out and see some different types of containers that are being produced here in the Valley for a lot of different reasons. And Mel, you said you had one of them that was your favorite. Well, yeah. I mean, speaking of rehabilitation, uh, that was uh, one of the companies that we went out and met with. And they're working with a group in town, uh, potentially putting together some uh, rehab living quarters. Um, So I'm interested to see how we can work with them in the future, and I'm sure that's going to work out wonderful, and we'll have them on the show as well. Uh, But just the fact that that's already in the works, um, and we, we have several people that we're talking to, but going out there and, you know, looking at designs and getting to walk into the containers that they've kind of opened up already and even standing in the container that was finished and it was barely over seven feet, which it didn't feel, you know, too short to me. Like it didn't feel very claustrophobic. I thought, you know, um, it not being a high cube, which the high cubes are, you know, just about 10 feet tall. Um, I thought it was going to feel really, um, enclosed and I think it was just that because the windows were all cut out on the sides I mean that would make sense to have you know the the living quarters there for people for rehab or or whatever it was that they needed you know um, think of like a hotel room that's kind of in my head the way I'm thinking Um, and you just you know you walk through the back and there's the the restroom back there and then there's just a, a little bedroom like living quarters or I guess you didn't even have to put a bed in there I, you could put like a Murphy bed um, just to think, save space yeah. yeah and I think it was only a twenty foot container so I was like wow I mean that was really impressive but I loved the use of them keeping the actual subfloor that was on the original container and then just um, sanding it, I'm sure, and then they seal it. So you can see all the scratch marks. You can see all of that. There's metal plates on the ground. And I just think that industrial looks, that look looks amazing. Well, yeah, when you think about it, I mean, it serves a lot of different uh, purposes that you're able to show all those distressed uh, segments in the wood, which really look when it gets finished with uh, a flooring and gets sealed, looks really cool. And it looks... No, it's just it, it's think about it. it's just like a real wood floor and it yeah right it has that industrial look and one of the other things that people do that type of work is because they may go out and they may not be as fortunate when they buy a container that they maybe have a one-use container they may find one that has been used multiple times because yeah. it's going to be less expensive and it may fit their budget so what they do is when they seal the floor if there was any toxins or anything else, or if they even thought that there might be some other materials that were shipped in the container, sealing the floor seals whatever's in into the floor, and it's not going to affect you. And um, 
you know, it, it really, really has a, um, I thought it has a really great look to it. And if that's the kind of look, if maybe if you're using it for maybe an office or something like that, or even if you put multiple containers together and have that kind of floor throughout the house, um, it, it surely looks different yeah. and it, it looks really great and it's a conversation piece. Yeah, I mean, it definitely gives you that warehouse look. I mean, I'm from Boston and Arizona does not have a ton of old warehouses like we do back east. And they're converting those warehouses into condos and flats, you know, for people to live in. And they're not getting rid of the floors. They're keeping the original flooring that's there, cleaning it up a bit, obviously. But it gives it that industrial worn look. One thing I will say, standing inside of that container, you know, as I was talking to them, I said, I really love the exposed metal actually on the inside. And one of the gentlemen said to me, well, how would you hang up a picture? Because you can insulate a container from the outside. It's true. And then I looked at him and I said, well, I said, I, I don't think you are from back east, but let me explain to you what we use. He didn't know you were from no, Boston. Well, that was the you problem. You can hear the accent occasionally. <laughs> it comes out. But I, I explained to him, I said, you know, the, the old plaster walls, we would never put holes in our walls and we use what's called a picture rail. And if you look up at the top of the container, there was one solid rail running around the whole thing. And he looked at me and he went, that's brilliant. I did not what, invent that. Did they? What did they expect? <laughs> Anything less from the best designer? Oh, well, thank you. You know, Absolutely. Just, that's what happens when you grow up back east and uh, we just were raised with different things. You're a New Yorker, right. so you know what I mean. Yeah, but. I mean, I used to see that those kind of those kind of uh, you know old warehouses and stuff down in in Lower Manhattan when I used to be in the uh, amusement business way back in my other life, and we used to go down there and. Uh, I used to pick up arcade machines, and and one of my favorite things to do is pick up a whole fifty three foot trail load of stuffed animals. That was fun. But used to see that um, all over the warehouse, and not only that, old warehouses in New Jersey. Go across through the tunnel, you get on New Jersey, you see all these old buildings with that typical wood floor yes. in it, and then even some of the older older trailers mm-hmm. have that type of wood floor. And in fact, we saw an, an old container that didn't have that, the type of flooring in that, that is pretty much predominantly used now. It's older. It looks like yeah, plank planks, flooring. Yeah. yeah. Wood planks. So it's, it's really, it's really pretty interesting. Hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to boxcar universe. Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion meets design sense to execute timeless interiors style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at alvainteriorsaz, and on Instagram at alvainteriors. Hello, my name is Sean with Mr. Electric, and I have a safety tip for you today. Aluminum wiring. 
If you have warm receptacles, or maybe even receptacles that only work sometimes, and maybe even a small smoke trail that comes up from the top of your outlet, this may indicate that you have aluminum wiring in your house. A survey by the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission shows that homes built before 1972 and wired with aluminum branch circuits are 55 times more likely to have one or more wire connections at an outlet reach what's called a fire hazard condition than homes that were wired with copper only. The problem is the connection of the aluminum wire to copper devices or wiring. When aluminum and copper come together, the result over time is oxidization or rust. And over time, this condition creates resistance to the flow of electricity, causing the connections to overheat. The longer the time goes, the worse this condition gets. If you have aluminum wiring, bring in a licensed electrician to educate you on the use of AFCI breakers, which sense electrical arcs, and also Consumer Product Safety Commission approved methods of connectors to greatly improve the quality of the aluminum connections in your home. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we are just a phone call or a click away. You can reach us at 480-503-1339 or on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. And remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. Let's get into our discussion. Um, you know, one of the things that we want to talk about, you know, and obviously at, at you see it in the news every day and you and you hear everything that's going on. You know, we're going through some really, well, let's say we're going through some strange times economically here and uh, with inflation, you know, the highest it's been since uh, the Jimmy Carter era. Uh, it's, it's, it's driving up interest rates and the, the feds keep, you know, kicking up the interest rate uh, and it's, it's causing a little bit of havoc in the, in the housing market, uh, it's it's doing a lot of strange things. And for those of you who really don't have the time to figure it out, we've got the person here that's going to actually figure it all out. I'm sure he's got it figured out already, but he's going to tell us about it. And that's Jeff Cadillac from 4C Lending Group. And Jeff, thanks for being on Boxcar Universe and being a longtime uh, guest on Image Home Improvement Show as well. Hey, Steve. Thanks, man. Appreciate being here again. Yes, it's good to have you back on the show. But uh, so anyway, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about 4C Lending Group and then we can kind of get into some of these things that are affecting our lives, especially the people that, uh, you know, maybe are thinking of buying or selling a home and, you know, is it the right time or not? You know, I think uh, a lot of people are just frozen in time Yeah, because they don't know know, what decision to make. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's been tough. I mean, there's no doubt. We were on a, uh, we were all drinking out of a fire hose for about two or three years with interest rates as low as they were. You know, they were artificially deflated for us to be able to kind of control our economy as we're going through that that C word nineteen that I hate saying anymore. Um, but uh, reality is, uh, what I do, I've been a banker for almost thirty years now, um, or should I say, I was a banker twenty seven of the last thirty. And um, what the 4C Lending Group is really, I've, I've, I've associated myself with the, the largest mortgage broker in the country. So what I like about what I'm able to do is I have more products, more loan programs, 
better rates. I'm not supporting IV towers to, you know, build into the rates and 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 uh, give my customers the the rate that that my bank can afford to give them. I'm able to shop over 200 lenders at any given time to find out who's trying to buy the market at any given time. Um, believe it or not, lenders will buy markets in certain areas. So one day they'll be given really great rates in Arizona, and then two weeks later they won't because they fill the hedge fund. So. One thing I learned in the business is that I wasn't able to help all my clients. So I moved my business to a platform that allows me to access over 200 lenders, shop whatever loans my clients need, and uh, not be sitting in a corporate office telling me what loan I have to sell this month because it's better for the bank. Um, so that's what I do. Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, doing it. It should, be, it should be better for the client, yeah. not necessarily the bank. If you're yeah, looking on, at it from a consumer standpoint. Yeah. On average, a broker's cost to do a loan is about $8,000 less nationwide for a consumer. And that's just because we don't have the overhead. But um, yeah, great company. Love it. Uh, been here for a number of years. And we started as a small company. Now we, we are the largest within about three years. Well, that's pretty good. And, and considering, and that's the last three years, considering the way the market has gone and, and changed, um, uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, it's it's been a phenomenal ride, I and mean, we were talking a little bit about um, you know uh, the inflation, all that stuff. That's definitely taken effect on our market, as you know. We've seen a um, a slowdown for sure. Um, the thing that that really uh, I should say drives me nuts is the, the clickbait that's out there in the world today, telling everybody the market's coming to an end, the world's coming to an end. Housing prices are dropping by 25% when all the statistics don't show that at all. And that's that's kind of the, the funny part. But it, it worked well for clickbait, and it scares a lot of people into jumping into the housing market. Sounds like a bunch of fake news. It is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, really? I, it, 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 real estate is a, is a micro uh, economic uh, asset. It's not a national asset. So what I mean by that is that... Um, you know, in Arizona, we're still going strong. Um, one of the biggest problems nationwide is we have 5.1 million home or our housing inventory is short by 5.1 million homes at this point in time. So we have a housing shortage in our market. So interest rates definitely cooled down the market for sure, no doubt. Um, people were seeing, you know, their payments, you know, on a $400,000 home about seven, eight hundred dollars more a month now on a 30-year mortgage, but. You know, the, the market will always uh, correct what the problem is. So there's always solutions for those those problems. Um, but as far as inflation is concerned, um, that's what's causing this uh, high interest rate, which we all believe is going to be much, much better by the end of this year. And I, I'm, I'm predicting because I'm listening to a lot of our our uh, our um, economists that that by mid-May, we're going to see rates start to drop down and, and continue to go down until the end of the year. Okay. Do you think that that's going to happen despite what the feds are doing? Yeah, the feds, don't, the bond market is not reacting to the feds. That's a big mis misconception. I mean, the bond market definitely is paying attention to what the Fed is doing by raising the prime. But in most cases, the bond market's looking at what the bond market's doing. Who's buying bonds? Who's, you know, if more people are buying bonds, then interest rates are going down. When prices go up, rates go down. And when people are pulling their money out of bonds and security, then rates will go up. Um, but the thing that's really been driving this whole thing is inflation. So, um, you know, as, as far as inflation is concerned, you're going to start seeing the numbers getting better. Prices are still, you know, a little bit high in, in, in most parts of the country. As a matter of fact, I was reading something that we are probably one of the highest here in Arizona. 
um, as far as inflation. But um, you know, the, the reality is it's the, the, the income will always catch up or the banks will always figure out ways to lend money to buy to help people buy homes. Um, we're not looking at a 2007, eight, nine scenario right now because it's, com it's a completely different market compared to what we were doing back then when we had too much inventory. We were overinflated, too many homes, too many investors in the market buying homes. And, um, you know, that just created a, an over oversupply. And it's a supply and demand issue as far as we're concerned. We also have the highest um, generation, meaning age, age group between 30, 30, 28, I'm sorry, 28 and 39. Um, we have the highest uh, demographic now of people who want to buy homes um, since we've had since 1991. So there's a lot of people that I don't care, you know, where interest rates are. They don't want to live with mom and dad anymore. Um, they don't want to, you know, you know, be living with with their mother-in-law. They they just want to move out and get their own home. They have a family. They're outgrowing their apartments. They're outgrowing the, the one or two bedroom um, homes they bought when they were, you know, single and now they got married and now the family's growing. They have to buy homes. And th that's what our challenge is right now. And as far as I see in the nation, um, we're not, we're not, we're not providing enough supply for, for the demand at this moment. It's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing how things fluctuate. You know, we have had, uh, Mel and I have had a few millennials on the show, uh, in the past and, you know, we, we wanted to see what their opinion was about, you know, you know, going out, buying a home, getting a traditional 30 year mortgage, you know, versus doing something maybe a little different and going into like a small, you know, a smaller container home that's less money and that they can literally go back and maybe outright buy and put somewhere without having, um, you know, a four or $500,000, you know, not so to speak that they have to pay off in 30 years because they don't view it like they don't want to get bogged down in a 30-year mortgage right which is um i can understand that you know but uh i don't think in years past that 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 option you know was uh was very attractive to a lot of people but it was the only option you know until uh how many years ago, all of a sudden you start seeing commercials on TV that say, oh, yep, I get, let's get a 15-year mortgage. You know, you cut your rate down like dramatically. And and that then when that started happening, then I, I think I started seeing a lot of people that were, were interested. And it's not for everybody, but, you know, if you can afford to do a 15-year mortgage and your, your payment's a little higher, the overall cost is going to be considerably less. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the 15-year mortgage is great. But again, you got to realize, Steve, we always have to look at their income and their debt-to-income ratio. So when you amortize over a 15-year period versus a 30-year period, your payment's going to be higher. Therefore, your debt is higher. Your monthly debt is higher. So, um, you know, the 15-year mortgage, not that it's not there, but some people are right now going, you know, trying to get into the, the, the adjustable rate mortgages, three, you know, a three-year adjustable, five-year adjustable, 10-year adjustable um, as a plan. Uh, but, you know, as far as affordability, it's always going to be based on what their debt-to-income ratio is, which is where incomes are going to catch up at some point with um, interest rates, as they always do, or as the banks have done with the three two one buy downs, the two one buy downs, and the one one buy downs, they are um, creating lower payments for the borrower getting into the house the first one, two, or three years. So again, it, the fifteen year is a great product when you're trying to pay your home off fast. 
Um, but it's not a great product if you're trying to squeeze somebody into a you know $2,500 payment uh, or a $3,000 payment uh, based on a $400,000 home. So, uh, you know, interest rates will come down, I believe. Like I said, I think we're going to be in the mid fives by the end of this year. And that's where, you know, I'm, I'm advising most of my clients is either one, do, a, do an adjustable rate to get in now, keep your, keep your payment low, or because sellers um, have been giving more concessions over the last, I mean, in Arizona, we have an average concession right now about $9,000 per contract which wasn't around last year. I mean, we, we, we were doing multi-bidding you know, multi uh, 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 offers on, you know, put a home on the market and you had 27 offers in one day. I remember that, that, yeah. Yeah, and that's, 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 believe it or not, still happening in some parts of the, some parts of the country. Um, and that's, that's kind of why, we, you know, when we first discussed how it's a micro uh, asset, um, you know, I, I have loan officers that I train in Florida, Georgia. I mean, we're a nationwide company. And um, they're still in, they're still in bidding wars right now in some parts of the country. But you wouldn't know it if you look at YouTube, uh, you know, thumbnails. Uh, you'd think the world is falling apart. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you just never, you know, know. never I, know. I had one client that wanted to, you know, she wanted to hold off because she got she read something about Goldman Sachs predicts a twenty five percent decrease in pricing. Well, you know, unless something you know so catastrophic happens in this country, that's not going to happen. In in every area in the country. It may happen in some areas, you know, it may happen in some small town in Wisconsin, but it's not going to happen in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where we, we've seen a, 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 pri a price drop literally 8% in 2022. And now we've seen a three and a half percent increase in the first three months of 2023. But we've also, most people forget, we've had 121 consecutive months of appreciation on real estate. So yeah, you're going to have, you're gonna have to take a stop sooner or later and take a little dip. There's big adjustment coming. Absolutely. 81 years of appreciation though in real estate. So, you know, you can't really knock out real estate no matter how you do it. If you're buying for a home, you know, people shouldn't be buying homes for appreciation. Now, if you're an investor, there's a different, there's a different game. That's a different game. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, Jeff's going to guide us through some more of the ever-changing world of mortgages. And I've got some other questions that I want to ask Jeff. And I'm sure there's some that uh, you are interested in hearing answers for. So I want everybody to stay tuned. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. You may not believe this. But smart home technology can be traced back to 1975 to the first home automation platform when the X10 was invented. In 48 years, things have come a long way. To truly have a smart home today, the homeowner needs to make a smart decision and call a premier high-tech company. That company is Mythic Sound Lighting and Shade. Mythic can simplify your life with home automation, home security, home theater, Lighting and shade plus outdoor and indoor home audio custom designed to fit your lifestyle. For the finest in products and services, visit their website at mythicsls.com. That's M-Y-T-H-I-C-S-L-S.com or call them today for a free consultation at 602-329-4252. That's 602 329 4252. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell from Ideal Home Improvement. 
The uncertainty of our economy is very troublesome. Interest rates are rising and inflation is high. The utility cost of energy is forever rising. The good thing is that we as homeowners can do something about our energy bill right now and in the future. Solar energy is literally the best investment you can make at this moment and the most likely to steady your finances through uncertain times. Think about this. If you could have locked down the cost of your energy bill 10 years ago, would you have done it? I think your answer would be yes. Think of the savings you could be enjoying right now as your neighbors who don't have solar are at the mercy of the utility companies. Let Ideal Home Improvement review your energy bill and see what a solar system on your home can do for your family and budget. Just give us a call at 602-332-6203 or email us at steve at idealhomeimprovementaz.com. Let me help you start saving today. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Stardust Building Supplies Valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. back and you're listening to boxcar universe right here from the uh, as we always love to say the palatious boxcar universe studios right here in the valley of the sun phoenix arizona and we are here with jeff cadlick and we are talking about the uh, ever-changing world of mortgages and i don't care if it's a mortgage for your home for your container home for your tiny home whatever it is you know there are issues that you've got to deal with from a financial standpoint, which, um, as all of you know, who have been a, a follower of my show for throughout the years, you know, we always th think about the nuts and bolts that go into a home as well as how you get there. And that's what counts as well. And that's one of the things that Jeff is, can help us with and has been doing for uh, many, many years, helping people figure out how they're going to afford their dream home, if that's what it is, or maybe it's a temporary home or whatever kind of home it is. You know, I think Jeff, you will agree. I mean, that's what everybody says. The American dream is to get, uh, to own their own home, but you know, it's sometimes it's a little difficult on how to get it. One of the things that I saw that I'm interested to get your take on is, you know, um, throughout the last, we'll say three years, four years or so, rental rates have just like gone through the roof. And, and I don't know, you know, I think that had a lot to do with what was going on in the economy and everything else. But how do the current rental rates compare to people that are looking for homes that may be able to afford the, the current mortgage rate? But, uh, I mean, you know, for, um, for, a, for a, a two standard two bedroom apartment, in a decent area here in the Valley of the Sun, I mean, you're paying like, you're paying like two grand for, and you know, you think about that. I mean, I know, you know, with the house that I used to have, my mortgage rate was several hundred dollars less than what the rental rate is now. So it's like, you know, wh where are we with that? Uh, you know, looking at both of those things in uh, 2023. 
Well, as far as rents are concerned, I mean, it, 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 it will just attribute to what we discussed a little earlier, that there's a housing shortage. So when you have housing sh shortages, landlords can charge more, bottom line. But if someone's, and I'm just going to try to do some quick math here. So if someone was paying $2,000 a month in, um, in for a mortgage, they're going to use about, yeah, so they'll use about $1,700 of that would be for their principal and interest payment, right? Right. Um, it's right now are floating anywhere between six and a quarter and seven and a half percent, depending on your credit, depending on your down payment. There's a lot of variables that go into that. Um, it's, and so um, just putting that into perspective um, on a 30 year and I'll just go at mid range at six and a half. They can probably afford about with a 20 percent down. 268,000 in a mortgage and with a 20 percent down about a three hundred thirty six thousand dollar home. Now, that's. That's the challenge that most um, borrowers are, are fighting today, is that when you did that last year or a year and a half ago, that same person could afford a $378,000 mortgage. So we've lost about 100 k in buying power, right? But what's going to happen is because, and it's happened before, we saw this happen um, back when we were having bidding wars and we had, you know, in, in, in the early 2000s. Um, there's going to be a time where uh, people can't afford to buy a house. So what do they have to do? They have to rent. So if there's more renters, what happens to prices of rents? They got to go um, up. House coming up for rent this this month, and um, you know, as far as I'm seeing, the rents actually can be about $200 more than what I'm charging my tenant right now. And uh, so that's the other thing. Now the other the other part of that equation, Steve, is we're, we're talking about inflation all the time. One thing I know I've realized is that what used to cost, you know, maybe $500 to fix something on my house now costs me $800 to fix my house. What used to cost me, you know, $4,000 to replace a roof now costs me $7,000 to replace a roof. So inflation plays a big part in that. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're trapped in a rental situation, you're, the only thing you can do is try to get out of that so you can lock your rent payment down for a long period of time. Which is why I advise any young young couple that hey, if you can at least control your monthly budget of your housing expense, you're going to be in much better shape than if you let the landlord just keep raising your rent every every time the renewal comes up to three hundred dollars. Yeah, because and, and I know for a fact, you know, one of the things that uh, you know the, <clears throat> the apartment that I'm living in right now, the uh, parent company actually surprised me. I got an email a few weeks ago where they turned around and. They had uh, like a a one time first come first serve offer where they offered to extend your rental agreement eight months at the current rate. Believe it or not, I mean within hours that opportunity was gone because they were only taking sixteen homeowners or I should say renters to be able right. to take advantage of that. So they basically locked in the same rate that they have, and you know that if when the mortgage rate was coming back around that they were probably looking what maybe eight, 10% increase, maybe more depending on, you know, who the, who the parent company is. So, uh, they you had an opportunity to save some money. If you were going to stay put, um, this was a good deal. Right. right. So, so it, it just, it just like you, you have to take advantage of some of these things when they come around because otherwise, the money just seems with the inflation rate that just keeps flying out of everybody's wallet. Right. No, it's, it's, 
it's it's you know, rent rent rents will always um, you know increase enough where people will hurt enough to go buy a house and, and accept the seven seven percent rates. I mean, we've seen seven seven and a quarter percent this year, um, which was insane to everybody that was in our industry. We literally just saw, saw rates increase so fast, and the affordability. And I read something years ago that every time rates increase a quarter point, interest rates increase a quarter point. There's about a million people in America that just now got knocked out of buying a home. No. We've seen rates increase almost, you know, double. I mean, I think by the time we, we walked into 2022, we were sitting, you know, rates were sitting probably in the in the in the you know low fours. They were starting to creep up, but nowhere near where they are now. But if you go back until 2021, I mean, we were in three and a quarter, three and a half. Now we're at seven. So that's a lot of borrowers. I can't. A lot of people that have to rent because they can't afford it. unless they find other solutions. Which there are. There's always a solution if you can figure it out and then and, and, and have the right conversation because sometimes it's, Hey, let's bring mom and dad into this situation that can help you or, or, or a family member who can help co-sign on a loan and, and, and you can borrow their debt to income because debt to income is the number one thing we have to look at with everybody is that if your income exceeds 45%, I'm saying your debt exceeds 45% of your income. Well, that's, that's your max buying power, 45% in general. In general. So renters that come to me and say, "Hey, I'm paying twenty five hundred bucks a month, or you know, two thousand a month," uh, we do their debt to income ratio. They're like, "Yeah, well, you're living at sixty percent debt to income ratio right now." Uh, landlords don't care as much about debt to income ratios as you know the banking industry does. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Oh, that's pretty amazing, uh, Jeff. Have you seen any uh, movement? I remember, you know, we had this discussion a while back about people that are interested in getting construction loans mm -hmm. for building. Oh, yeah. How has that affected, you know, when you, when you think of the construction loan, I remember when I built my home, we did, we did the construction loan. And then once we were just about done, then it was converted into a regular mortgage. Are construction right. loans that accessible in today's market? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a hundred percent construction loans right now for veterans. Um, I, I have stuff as low as 5% down. Um, and it's a, it's a one-time one-time loan. So the the banks, uh, like I said earlier, I, I work with about 200 banks. Um, we have a nice algorithm software that I put in people's scenarios, and boom, pops out the six or seven banks that work based on their <clears throat> variables, credit score, locations, um, income levels, all that stuff. But yes, there is plenty of um, construction permanent loans or perm to, uh, construction loans that we can turn into a permanent loan. But it's just a one loan, so it's called a one-time close. <clears throat> okay and, and then do they yeah. do they need anything to, to be able to qualify for that do they need to put money down on that or is it just go based on your credit score well yeah i mean if you're a veteran there's 100 percent financing they do have 100 percent financing for veterans but um most people will have to put something down five percent uh ten percent down on the you know land and we can use the land as part of their down payment um but the loan can literally help them purchase the land build a build a home Right. So they've, but they've got to have some skin in the game unless they have VA benefits that we can use. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but you know, when you think about it, when you uh, put this, you know, you'd have to have, obviously have to try and put a plan together, but like we, we had said, okay, so, you know, people ask, well, you know, can you predict where things are going, you know, like in the next five years? Well, you know, I think unless you have a crystal ball in front of you, uh, and, and part of it's divided up to, you know, inflation, mortgages, 
uh, income, credit score, and all those different things because everything probably just changes on a, on a daily basis, really, right? right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, there's really no way to predict. I mean, no one predicted what's where the rates are today. I mean, in my in my in my long career, my my three decade long career, I've never seen rates move this fast. Um, and and as you said, we were talking a little bit earlier. I'm not sure we were talking while we were recording or before the show started. But you know, the Fed is doing everything they can to control that. But one of the biggest problems we have right now is overspending. I mean, we are printing too much money, which is creating the problems that we're 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 dealing with. Yeah, I mean, there, I've never seen rates move this fast, but that, to predict the next five years, um, if I could, Steve, like 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 I say to many people, I wouldn't be doing what I do if I knew how to predict the market. <laughs> right. I'd be sitting on a beach, sucking down Mai Tais with a cigar in my hand, you know, and just, <laughs> just creating on my laptop every day and making millions. Um, but, you know, so we it's going to get, I mean, my belief is it's going to get back to where Rates are going to come down to the fives. The housing market's going to start heating up again. And I think that's part of the the, the game that the Fed's trying to do is kind of slow down the, the housing market um, because they're aware of our inventory issue. But um, the market's going to start heating up again. We're going to start getting back into bidding wars because even within the last probably 30 days, I've seen my activity start to pick up, which tells me a couple of things. One, people have realized that rates are not going to come down back to three. And they're just going to do it because I know a lot of people have uh, said, I'm going to wait for rates to come back down. Um, two, they, you know, so they've they gotten accustomed to it, right? They've gotten accustomed to higher rates. Number two, they're basically going to um, uh, find out that their rents are going up, like you said. <laughs> and, you know, hey, if I got to pay an extra 200 bucks a month in rent, let's see what we can buy. Um, sure. But um, I, I think it's, it's, it's just a matter of people coming to the realization that this is the new, this is the new world we live in for real estate. And it's really not a new world because remember back in 2002, three, four, and five, we were in the rate, we were in the sixes and fives and six. Yeah. I, rem I remember. So, yeah. And even for going further back, I remember when I moved to Arizona back right. in 89 and 90, the rate was 10%. Oh yeah. And, and, yeah. At, at, and back in those days, it's like 10% seemed to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't lower than that. And when it started really dropping down below 10, I'm like, everybody's like, how come we didn't have this before? But it was just the, you know, sign of the times. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, all, all the indicators are saying that, you know, this is all designed to control um, inflation, get things back under control. You know, again, I, I hope it does. I, you know, I hope it works. I think, they thought they'd cool down the housing market, but as what I'm seeing right now, I believe we're going to be in a very hot market come come the end of this year and beginning of, of 2024, where we're going to be back to bidding. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the 2030 bids, you know, offers on a home the first day, but um, it's happening in other parts of the country right now. You know, that's just it, it's 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 all depends on the areas, and we have a ton of people moving here from other states, specifically California, New York, Chicago. They're just done with the cold weather, done with, you know, high taxes and they're moving here. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, country. <laughs> do you, uh, do you believe that, you know, um, houses, the, the value of the homes during this, this correction that we're in will depreciate at all? Um, well, they always have to come down. 
um, I'm like we we said it, but we've had 121 months of consistent appreciation. So you know we're talking 10 years of housing where it hasn't gone down since 2013, 2014. We finally had a correction last year, um, but you got to realize here in Arizona, I think we had an, uh, an average appreciation in the home, over a five-year period of about 80 percent. So it's, you know, we had so much appreciation in some parts of the country and some parts didn't see that. Um, and it's all about demand, where people are coming. Do I see prices going down? Well, they're always going to correct themselves, but they're always going to come back again. Because I, I truly believe right now with our inventory shortage, um, you know, people, and I, and I try to tell a lot of clients, listen, I know it hurts for the payment right now, but we could, you marry the home and you date the rate because we can always get you out of that, that, that rate later. Um, and there's other options uh, if everything comes according to plan in the next two or three years, and we do three, two, one buy downs and things like that for them. We're going to keep their rate. You know, I can literally get somebody a three percent rate now. The reality it is, I can from a six, six, five, four, and a uh, six, five, four, and three, but just with three, three, two, one buy down. So they're making that payment, which is paid for by the seller's concessions, and so it's not coming out of their pocket. And if they decide to um, refinance in the next one, two, or three years, all the money that the seller conceded to them can be used for their refi because it's in a separate escrow account. So really what, I, what a three, two, one buy down is to get, you know, not to be too technical, is that money's put into an escrow account to make up the difference in payments. So the bank puts, the, you know, if, it's, if the seller gave you $20,000 in concessions, the bank's going to break that over 36 months, months and just take a payment from you and a piece out of your escrow account. When you decide to refinance, the piece that's sitting in that escrow account that's left over can be reduced from your principal balance, and now you've kept it all. So it's unlike a discount point, which you know you never do in a market like this, especially if you believe rates are going to be coming down. So the market will always adjust to what the market needs. I should say banks will always adjust to what the market needs, and that's what we've been doing over the last probably four or five months, which is why I believe that we're starting to heat up again. You know, it's just it's just an ongoing chess match the way i see it it just you just have to be you have to be out and you know gain the knowledge that you need to actually make decisions in your choice you know in to to do what you need to do for your particular situation and i think that's why it's important like i had said earlier in the show that you have to have someone like yourself having the knowledge and the know-how to uh, guide you through those troubled waters of uh is it time to buy a house? Is it not time? Should I rent? You know, what am I looking at in the next three years? And I think probably the only thing that you might have a little bit of control over in predictability is where you are in, uh, you know, your earnings and what you expect to have, you know, what you have now and what you expect to have, say, in the next two or three years, are you on an, in, you know, are you on an upswing? In knowing that there's a correction that's going to be coming, you know, is it like, is it later this year? Is it next year? Is maybe next year is your better time to wait until, you know, these are things you've got to, you've got to, you know, balance out in your, in your, in your mind. But I think the earnings that you actually are making now and where you're going are, is probably about, it's not totally predictable, but at least you have some control over where you're going with that. So um, at least you could set a goal and try and navigate towards that goal. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, I mean, it, it, I, most calls I get from my clients and, and God knows I have a lot and I appreciate every single one of them. The, the call I get normally or the text I'll get is, Hey, 
is it a good time to sell my house? Those, you know, and that's people that are in the in the in the seller's market. They're, and I, I can't really answer that for anybody and, and honest, because it's like, well, what's your situation? <laughs> well, everybody, well, I asked that when I went in, yeah. in 2020, is this a good yeah. time to sell my house? And at yeah. that time, it was like things were just like going wild. I mean, as far as right. it, their appreciation was going up like daily. Yeah, people overbidding for houses, yeah. which you know, kind of stopped probably about June of last year, April, May, June of last year. Um, but one thing you can count on if you're renting is that your rent will go up. And, you know, in, in, what, what you have to really look at is say, okay, my rent's 2,500, a mortgage is 2,700. I get 28%. I'm just using that as a tax, average tax deduction. There's 28% of your income um, is being taxed. I get a nice tax deduction, which real estate gives you, which kind of brings you back down to where you were paying in rent, which for years I've told people that, you know, your, your equivalent mortgage payment, add 20, add, your, your rent add 28% to it. And that's what you should be paying in a mortgage. And you're going to get, your net net at the end of the year is the same as if you were paying, you know, three thousand dollars for a mortgage versus I don't know. I'm not using the exact twenty eight percent number year, but twenty five hundred is your rent, three thousand for the mortgage, twenty eight percent of three thousand you know, is about seven hundred fifty bucks a month. So I mean, there there's your number right there that you're going to get a refund, um, or you just change your tax exempt status with your employer, um, and now you're you're looking at the same payment you would be making rent, but you have control over that now. You're, you don't have control over whether your landlord next month or two months or a year from now raises your rent by two, 300 bucks. Yeah. And it could, and it could definitely happen. You've enjoyed no tax deductions. You've enjoyed no appreciation. Um, and you're still paying rent to a guy and paying his mortgage off. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. Jeff, how can our listeners contact you? Um, oh, I'm easy. You can just uh, text me at my, uh, text me or call me at 480 two, four, one, four, six, six, three. And, uh, my other option is you can always go to my website, which is low rates, And right there, you can do all sorts of fun stuff. And if uh, anybody wants to keep a track on their, their, uh, home, uh, values, they can go to that site and, uh, get, get, a get an update on that every month. I have a system that tracks all my clients' homes and tell them, whether it's gone up, whether it's gone down, where interest rates are, how much equity is in your home, et cetera. So that's a real cool tool that uh, keeps everybody in the, in the, in, 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 in line with what's happening in the market. You know, you know, Jeff, there's always two things that I've learned during the course of all the time we've known each other that I can always count on. I can always count on great information and I can always count on some really unique, clever dot coms from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, most of the good ones are taken, so you got to get creative. You I know? know you think you come up with some really great creative ones that I enjoy listening to them. Yeah. You've had a few over the years that, uh, that I remember we promoted on, on the show. Remember that one when I was buying flips and, and back in the day. Yeah. Know? I remember that was this house. That was one that I enjoyed. Yeah. All their homes and I was buying them and hey. we were buying a lot of them. I had, you know, had a flashback the other day. I had to go down to the the court building down in Phoenix, where the outside area was, where on every Tuesday they used to go auction off the homes that all the flippers used to buy. It's like mm-hmm. I had a flashback there when I met some of the some of the guys from uh, some of the old shows that we used to watch and have on on there. Our, our good old friend Doug Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to Doug in a while. I should give him a call. I haven't spoken to him in a while, but I see his commercials on TV every day. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he'll buy your house <laughs> sight unseen in his sleep. Don't worry yeah. about it. We'll send you a check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good guy. Yeah, he's good. I've for probably twenty something years. A guy we started in the business back in yeah, it was about twenty nineteen ninety five when I first got here to Arizona. Yeah, I wonder if we all ever get back to to a, an environment where that would be viable again. Because, you know, I think a lot of people out there, you know, and I, I've met a, a ton of those people that were doing flippers, doing flips and stuff. But, uh, you know, the conditions, like everything else, has to be right for that. Do you think we'll ever get back there? Well, you know, we hope not, right? Um, the, 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 the thing that, that's the other stat that, you know, you know, the clickbait out there doesn't tell you that, you know, they'll say, oh, my God, foreclosures have gone up by 50%. Since 2022, and you're like, yeah, but we had six of them, <laughs> right? So now we have 12 this year. So that means the market's falling apart. That's the gimmicks that are played with the, and I call it defund the media. But that's the gimmicks See, that are being played all the time. The clickbait to sell everybody Viagra and whatever else they can sell you. That's right. But it's, 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 it's amazing to me that you know if you look at foreclosure rates, and I, I watch a, a local economist here in the Valley, um, the Crawford reports. Uh, which we look at. And, you know, when you see those reports, you realize, you know, it, nobody's panicking. Nobody's, you know, losing, you know, lose, it made some, of, some of the dot-com buyers out there had to, are taking hits right now, just trying to unload their portfolio. But, um, you know, right now, the market to me is still strong. Um, we're still seeing, uh, I mean, definitely, if you compare it to, you know, the last three years, it, it feels slow. But it's actually being in the business for so many years, it feels almost normal again, where we're just at a normal pace instead of, you know, my phone's ringing 60 times a day trying to get pre-quals for people and refinances and all that stuff. So to everybody, it feels slow. But, you know, if you're in a, if you're imagine being a, a stock car racer in Indy, you know, at the Indy 500, you just spent three hours at five, on a 500 mile race at 220 miles an hour, and then you get into your Prius to drive home. That's going to feel really slow. <laughs> your Prius. <laughs> All right, Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show today. I mean, I, you know, thank God I don't have to go outside and get in my Prius. I have a little bit bigger vehicle than the Prius. <laughs> I got I, I got a Ford. What do you call it? Not a Ford. I got a, I do have a Ford. I had a Ford last time, but I want to steal one. The, the Ram fifteen hundred, the gas guzzling pig. Oh my and God! The, be careful. The, the Jeep the Jeep Renegade is a fun one too. That, I, uh, I, Rubicon. I'm sorry. The, the Jeep Rubicon is a fun one too. That thing's like two miles to the gallon. It's just pathetic. All right, I promise I won't report you. <laughs> Especially I gotta on... buy a Tesla next. The Volvo is almost done, so that's going to be a Tesla. I promise or something. All right, Jeff Cadlick with us from 4C Lending Group. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, and if you were interested in taking a look at maybe having a container home in your future, let Mel and I uh, design and build your next dream container home. And I remind all of our listeners that you could contact us at boxcarliving at gmail.com and steve at boxcaruniverse.com. And Boxcar Universe can be uh, heard on any podcast player on the planet. And as always, remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great week. You're a great American. I love you. 